calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League series, written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Starter is also available as an ebook and as an ad free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash The Starter. Mother chick, did you see that throw? Barnes was on a full out sprint to the right, Masara, and he fired that ball at terminal velocity. There wasn't a passing window, so Barnes made one by brute force alone. I'm stunned, chick. I think Barnes threw the ball so hard, he broke the petty pop hand of Timmy the Unkempt. Masara, I haven't seen anything hurled with that kind of velocity since I drank those two bottles of junky gin after an all-you-can-eat quiz barbecue. I was projectile spewing legs and thoraxes all over the place. Chick, that's not something we... Sorry, Masara. Sorry, folks at home. Let's get back to the action on the field. The two teams battled for the rest of the half. Quentin hit Starcher three more times, as well as competing passes to Denver, Haywick, Scarborough, Milford, and even one to Rebecca Montaigne when she came in to spell Tom Perilous. Despite all the completions, he couldn't get the Krakens into the end zone again. Ariok Morningstar hit two field goals, and the defense gave up a long run. At the end of the half, it was Ionath 13, Themela 7. Five minutes to play in the third quarter, fourth and inches on the Themela 35-yard line. Too far out for a field goal attempt from Ariok Morningstar, maybe too close in to punt. At any rate, a punt would give the Dreadnoughts the ball back. Up 13-7, if the Krakens could pick up another 5 or 6 yards, Morningstar could kick a field goal and make it a two-score game. Better to be aggressive and go for the first down rather than just give up the ball. Hokor called an off-tackle run up the middle. Coach held an old-school philosophy that if you couldn't convert a fourth in inches, you didn't deserve to be on the field. Quentin walked up behind center, saw all the linebackers cheating up. With the 3-4 defense, that meant seven players packed in tight at the line of scrimmage. Quentin wanted to audible to a pass play, because aside from Yasud's big first run, the guy hadn't done anything all day. Run the plays that are called. Quentin lined up under Budo Shrek. He ignored his instincts. The linebackers cheated up even farther. Green, 32! Hut, hut, hut! He took the snap and turned left. Tom Perilous ran past, 
trailing a thin stream of blood that poured from a fresh cut on his left forearm. Quentin extended the ball. Yasud took it, but without the snapping intensity he'd shown in the first quarter. Kilo Yoat and Shoto Thicket drove forward. The Themela defensive tackle fought back hard as the dreadnought linebackers crashed in. The pile of sentience met at the line of scrimmage with a clattering smash of armor, yells of aggression, and grunts of pain. Yasud went down. Body stood, clearing the area. When the Zeb flew in, picked up the ball and spotted it, Quentin could clearly see the Krakens were short by half a yard. The Krakens hadn't converted on fourth down. The Dreadnoughts had the ball on their own 35, with a chance to drive the field and take the lead. The Krakens had needed just one damn inch, and Yasud had actually lost ground. The offense ran off the field. Yasud ran off slower than the others, limping, head down, arms hanging loosely. His jersey was torn in three places, and blood sheeted down his left hand. Quentin waved to Doc Bata, then pointed to Yasud. The hurrah doctor flew onto the field, already examining Yasud's arm as they came off the field together and moved to the bench. Quentin looked at the other Krakens players, at how they watched Yasud. These weren't looks of admiration and support. They were looks of annoyance, perhaps a few of slight betrayal. Any tailback in the league should be able to pick up one inch, especially at such a critical juncture in the game. The fact that Yasud had not picked up those yards... Maybe he didn't have what it takes after all. An angry roar from the crowd drew Quentin's attention back to the field. Just as he looked, he saw Don Dennis, the crimson-helmeted dreadnoughts running back, running up the sidelines right in front of the Kraken's bench. Dennis was already past most of the Kraken's defenders. Only Berea and Perth had a shot at him. Berea closed for a tackle, but Dennis spun as she jumped. She hit empty air than the ground. She scrambled up, but even with her blazing speed, it was already too late. Perth had an excellent angle of pursuit. She closed in as Dennis passed the 15-yard line. He ducked his shoulders in, out, then in again. The rapid-fire movement threw Perth off balance a little. Instead of hitting him hard and clean, she awkwardly wrapped one tentacle around his chest, her other tangling in the back of his white jersey. Dennis was spun around, but he kept moving downfield, backpedaling now, his feet barely landing in just the right places to keep the stumbling body aloft. Perth fell but held on, her tentacles stretching as Dennis tried to pull away. She dragged along the ground behind him, sliding across the blue iomat. Dennis finally fell, but broke the plane of the goal line just before he did. Touchdown, dreadnoughts. The extra point was good. Themela took the lead 14-13. to Quentin's face mask plowed into the eye mat, sending a spraying wave of moisture and dirt and blue bits of plant material into his face. He skidded along with a white-jerseyed key lineman and a white-jerseyed quith warrior on his back. After the touchdown that gave them the lead, the Dreadnoughts reversed their defensive strategy. They focused on pass coverage and blitzing, almost daring the Krakens to run. The few times that Hokor took that dare, Yasud could not move the ball. Themela pinned their ears back and came after Quentin, blitzing on every play, sometimes with the inside linebackers, sometimes the outside, 
sometimes the corners, sometimes the safeties. They were also playing the short passing routes very tight, taking away the 5-10 to 10 yard hook patterns, the inside slants, and the out patterns. That would have opened them up to the long ball if Quentin had time to throw, but thanks to the weakness at right guard and the constant blitzing, time was something he did not have. He'd gone through the first half with no sacks. The dreadnoughts snagged him three times in the third quarter and out twice in the fourth. He picked himself up off the ground and pulled a chunk of turf out of his face mask. He brushed the blue circular leaves off his chest, his right hand smearing a long curve of blood across the one of his orange tent. Somewhere during that last sack, he'd lost most of the skin on the base of his thumb. Blood poured out of the wound, splattering on the blue turf and white yard markers at his feet. That sack had come on a third and 15. Fourth down. Quentin ran off the field, trailing blood as he went, looking up at the clock that read four minutes, 23 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It could have been a dramatic come-from-behind victory, if that was the Kraken's defense had made a stop and got the ball back. They did not. The Dreadnoughts put together a 55-yard drive that burned through the Kraken's three timeouts and the final four minutes and 23 seconds of the game. For the last two plays, Quentin had to stand on the sidelines and watch as the Dreadnoughts lined up with seven players on the line of scrimmage and three running backs packed tight next to and behind the quarterback, the victory formation. For those two plays, quarterback Gavin Warren took the snap and immediately knelt down. The Zebes blew each play dead, but the clock kept ticking away. After the last kneel down, the clock ticked to zero. The one-and-one dreadnoughts jogged onto the field, elated at their win. The Kraken sideline emptied more slowly, players filtering onto the field to greet their victorious foes. Quentin walked out as well, first seeking out Gavin Warren, his counterpart quarterback on the dreadnoughts. A slow Burning rage roiled in Quentin's soul. They'd had this game, had it, but it had slipped away. The orange and the black was 0-2 and tied for last place. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There's no question which team is the biggest surprise. Gotta be the Board Brigands. They went 5-7 and seven last year, and now they start the season with two wins? Dan, you're ignorant. I'm not surprised by that at all. Last year was a rebuilding year for the Brigands. They went out and got Athens, the biggest free agent receiver out there, and now they're coming on strong. And they did finish last season with three straight wins, Dan. So I agree with that part, that this is no surprise. Idiots. I tell you, I am saddled with idiots on this show. Fine, Akbar. Who are your big surprises after the first two weeks? The y'all criminals, no question. They went 11-1 and last year, and they were the top seed going into the playoffs, favored to win it all. They lost that first-round playoff game to the Lou Juggernauts. Okay, that was a shocker, but it happens. Then they start this season with two straight losses? Okay, okay, I, I can agree with you there. That's quite a surprise. Tarrant, what do you think? It's too early to focus on just win-loss records. But the team that surprises me is the Jupiter Jacks. They're 1-1, one one, which is nothing to worry about, but they just can't seem to throw the ball. They lost their top receiver on that game-winning catch in the Galaxy Bowl last year, and this season, their second and third receivers just aren't stepping up. Oh, I agree with that. Right now, the Jacks can't beat teams with a strong pass defense, but what can they do about it? They have to make a trade. Oh, really? And who's going to trade with the defending league champs? Can you tell me one team that wants to make them better? There are seven winless teams, Dan. I think any of them would make a trade. The Spider Bears and Krakens are both winless, 
they would probably do anything to improve their game. Hmm, an interesting conjecture, my Hall of Fame friend. The Kraken seem to have a lot of depth at receiver, and Quentin Barnes is getting his butt kicked. Maybe they trade for offensive line help. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Barnes has already been sacked nine times in two games, the most in the league. And that human can move. If it was someone slower, there would be even more sacks. So that offensive line is really a shambles. Well, we'll see soon enough. The trade deadline is Friday of Week 5. Come kickoff of Week 5, if the Krakens haven't made a trade, they are stuck with their horrible offensive line for the rest of the season. Let's see what the callers think. Line 2 from Neptune. You're on the space. Go. Yeah, I just wanted to say I tried one of those spindly spider snacks you guys suggested, and I got real sick. I threw up on my grandmother. I threw up, and I didn't even eat one. Oh, okay. Let's not talk about the sponsor making people sick, all right? Uh, line one from Chillich. You want to talk about your horrible spider bears? Go. Masal the efficient led Quentin into the media room of INF City Stadium. There had been post-game press conferences in Tier 2, but they hadn't been mandatory. And if you missed one, nobody fined you for it. Quentin had seen the media room once, during a tour of the stadium, but it had been empty. It wasn't empty now. Masal led Quentin to a chair that sat behind a table. The tabletop was black. Orange skirting surrounded it showing the Kraken's logo in graceful folds. Behind the chair, a smart paper wall faded logos in and out. The Kraken's logo, of course, but also the logos of Junkie Jin, Farouk Outdoor Wear, Ford Hovercar, and some action movie starring Patooth the Muscular and Gloriana Wanaganine. The table, chair, and the wall held little interest, however, because Quentin's attention focused on the bulletproof crystal glass and the mass of sentience beyond it. Reporters, packed so tightly you couldn't see the floor. In that moment, Quentin knew what it was like to be an animal in a zoo. As soon as he sat, they all started shouting at once, a single body made of fifty heads from a half-dozen species. Quentin! He leaned back, not sure what to do. Then Massal was next to him, pointing to a reporter. Jonathan! Massal said. Go ahead! The fifty-headed monster quieted as a single human stood. At Jonathan Sandoval, Net Colony News Syndicate. Quentin, how does it feel to lose this close game? Uh, feels bad? Keltbringer, Massal said. Go ahead with your question. The monster quieted again. Quentin recognized the black-striped, blue Lee Key he'd met during media day on the touchback. Keltbringer, Lee Key Galaxy Times. Quentin, you're in last place in the Planet Division. When you started the season, is that where you wanted to be? I... no, Quentin said, trying to find the meaning of Keltbringer's question. Of course the Krakens didn't want to be 0-2. The question couldn't actually be that stupid. Could it? A quick follow-up question, Keltbringer said. Quentin nodded, trying not to stare at a spindly, insectish symbiote, using its tiny claws to pluck away at a yellow growth above Keltbringer's left eye. Keltbringer didn't even seem to notice. You lost by one point, Keltbringer said. Would you have rather been blown out like you were against the ISIS ice storm? I mean, what's worse, the close loss or the blowout loss? Quentin felt himself shaking his head in annoyance, then stopped. This is part of the game, Don Pine had said. This is part of the game. Ah, uh, you know, I, I guess a loss is a loss, you know? I'm, I don't really think there's any difference. 
Next question. Yolanda, Masal said. Quentin's eyes snapped in her direction. Just like before, her beauty made everything else fade away. He hadn't even seen her in the mass of sentience. She must have been blocked by the other reporters. Quentin, Yolanda Davenport, Galaxy Sports Magazine. You've gone two games in Tier 1 without throwing an interception. You're giving up an average of four and a half sacks per game, but despite the pressure, your decision-making seems to have improved from last year. To what do you attribute this? Finally, a real question. It was like a breath of planet-side air after a week cooped up in the touchback. Well, I'm getting to know my receivers, and they're getting to know me. We practice route-throwing a lot, and I think I'm just getting used to the speed of the upper-tier game. Denver and Scarborough, she said. Are they getting used to you? Quentin nodded. Uh Uh-huh. Next question. The 50-headed monster started shouting again, but Yolanda's voice erupted, a roar that shouldn't have fit inside such a tiny body. Quick follow-up, she said. The monster's shout quickly faded to a surprised murmur. Uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yolanda smiled and nodded a polite thanks. Speaking of Scarborough and Denver, do you care to comment on the rumor that Ionath is going to trade them? Quentin froze. How did she know about that? The 50-headed monster paused only a second. Then 49 heads started shouting all at once, far louder than before, demanding an answer. Quentin leaned back. It almost felt like being under attack. Quentin didn't know what to do. He looked at Massal. Massal met Quentin's wide-eyed stare, then turned to face the crowd beyond the glass. That will be all for Elder Barnes. Thank you so very, very much. Quentin didn't wait for another question. He stood and left the media room, walking as quickly as he could without actually running. of Galaxy Sports News. With week two coming to a close, four Planet Division teams stand at 2-0. and oh, Isis, Lou, Toe, and Wabash. Not to be outdone over in the Solar Division, the Board Brigands, Dakar War Dogs, and new Rodina astronauts also move into week three with unblemished records. The Jupiter Jacks got back into the win column with a 17-14 thriller over arch-rival Neptune, while both newly promoted teams remain winless after Chilich, 0-2, fell 25-21 to the War Dogs, and Ionath, also 0-2, lost a close 17-16 bout with fellow Quith Concordia team, Themela. Deaths. No deaths reported this week. Offensive player of the week. For the second week in a row, new Rodina quarterback Rick Renaud wins player of the week honors. Renaud went 22 of 24 for 425 yards and six touchdowns. Defensive player of the week. Cairns, safety for the Shora Warlords. Cairns had 10 tackles, an interception, and a sack in a losing effort against the Jang Adams Smashers. You have been listening to The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League Series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. 
produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon, superweaponband.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.